0: on this. Computer. Okay. Smash that record <laughs> button folks. Yeah. Don't forget I- to like, subscribe and smash that record button. Smash those mute and unfollow buttons. Smash the mute and unfollow <laughs> and feel free to worship the pit cast on onlyfans.com. Yeah. Everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be at the beginning of the podcast this time instead of shitting out like I did last week. We've got Moss on the line. Hello, my hey, friend. Hey, yo. And uh, very pleased to be joined by the great Tyler Edders, broadcasting from Dante's Inferno—at least, not the seventh layer—and uh, Mr. Lorian it's a uh, Element.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, dude. It's always good. You too, Lorian. Love you.
1: Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, the wha- wha- meatball itself. <laughs> us, our fearless leader, as always.
2: Lorian has selected Gothenburg as his background.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, for those of you wanting the exclusive content, make sure to make sure to grab the video version of this of this podcast.
3: This is beautiful, Muren. This is uh, where Marissa and I spent a few days last summer. Oh, dig it. Is in that Switzerland? Okay. I was
0: going to say that does look like my home country. If you guys didn't know, I was uh, actually born in Switzerland, making me really sophisticated.
3: Yeah, then they kicked you out. <laughs> they did. They
0: said I was too opinionated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how long did you live there? When, when did you move back to the US or move to the US?
0: So the reason why we wound up there in the first place is because my dad worked for evil Monsanto corporation. And we lived there from when I was about one to three or four. And then we moved to Paris and then lived in Paris for two years, went back to Switzerland for a year, then to the suburbs of Chicago. And that's where I grew up. And then, Moved downtown when I was eighteen, and the rest is history. Fail. So I've lived a you Cross know right. I've lived a rich and, and varied life. What a what
2: a globe trotter! <laughs>
3: it has places. <laughs> it rags.
2: rags to rags. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a, a
0: dream of mine to go back to to Switzerland. It's uh, yeah. I was born in, in Zug. Which is in the the German part, I don't know is is Marin in the Italian part or the German part the uh, German name part, notice. I believe,
3: yeah, yeah, we actually we took a train up from Italy, but it's like central Switzerland, I think it's German, yeah, that's the interesting part
0: about it. It's bordered by those three countries, um France, Italy, and Germany, and is I don't know, it's kind of culturally affected by each, even though the Swiss are pretty insular, you know. Given how fucking crazy things are in America, I was I did a cursory amount of research in regards to, oh, how could I get like dual citizenship? You know, if they it's it it is a it's a real roundabout process. I need like people in my hometown to vouch for me. Yeah, good luck. People, it's, <laughs>
2: it's like remember me from 25 years ago?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of the same process if you wanted to like you, you know request something from the king's court, you'd need to like travel from county to county on on horseback and yeah. So, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to wait on that one.
2: Well, this is a very special evening, and not only because I don't remember the last time we recorded back to back weeks. That's like Haley's Comet for us. But uh, more importantly, today marks the 25th anniversary of the release of Hackers, the movie.
1: Wow. Um, greatest and most important film of the 20th century.
0: Oh, huge. Hugely (laughs)
1: important for our club,
0: especially, but... um,
2: And unironically, one of my top five to ten favorite movies of all time. (laughs) Wait, wait, okay, so it's actually in the top five? It's in the real top five, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Like, if I were making my desert island list, it would be on probably number five.
0: So I've, I've had this hypothesis that it's a major red flag... Like, a, a, like of of a person, it's a major red flag if they have there will be blood in their top five. <laughs> do, you, do, do you have there will be blood in your top five? No, no, because I'm not a sociopath.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I just usually when I hear that, like alarm bells go off in the back of my subconsciousness, and I get you know I get pulled into this kind of withdraw thing, you know. Yeah.
1: Right. Or like all, all the top five are just like Coen
3: Brothers films. It's like, yeah, <laughs> right.
1: oh wait, right. actually, actually,
3: <laughs> that's when it goes warning, warning, warning. Yeah. I, like I the entire bookshelf is Ayn Rand novels. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's no, nobody around here reads. I'm, I'm going to dip out for a quick call. You guys can carry the torch here. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. You're just literally so describing this, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But anyway, you were about to uh,
1: elucidate us on... The anniversary of Hackers. Yeah. And I watched the 20th anniversary edition of Hackers just now on the 25th anniversary of Hackers, which this Blu-ray is very special to me because I want it back... Back in the before times, the Lords had a had a fantastic event where we rented out a movie theater and revelled and watched hackers together. I can't even remember that was 10 years ago or 30 years ago or <laughs> however many years ago that was. But um the nostalgia just, just welled up inside me as I as I watched and relived the glory days back when we could go places together and scream publicly at people. Right. There are
0: there are movies. I'm gonna use like The Matrix as an example. The Matrix was absolutely my favorite movie growing up. And I think as I watch it again, you know, sporadically, it becomes more and more relevant as time goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was already kind of a commentary on the time and how things were changing. And then you go back and look at it and you're like oh my god yes it's all a fucking simulation it's like even more true than it was before like they totally hit the nail on the head
1: yeah i remember watching that my my mother took me to see it and she was a huge sci-fi fan we always watched x-files together and she always you know read me sci-fi books and stuff so that came out in 99 so i was 11 or something and i remember watching Watching it with her and I completely missed the whole simulation thing. I remember coming out of it and not getting it. Cause I remember years later I actually like got that part of the film, which like, you know, it's not that complicated, but when you're eleven years old, there's just things that you just kind of can't grasp. So what was especially freaky about that is just before we watched the movie, I remember going into the movie theater with my mom complaining about my name Tyler because it's never used in any books, any movies. The hero is never named Tyler. <laughs> We sit down to watch The Matrix, and what preview comes on but Fight Club? Fight Club, right. Tyler Durden is like the name that's just plastered there. And then it's like especially haunting, reflecting about the simulation thing that I was lamenting about my name and then walked into that. It's like, hey, guess what, buddy? It's all a hologram.
0: That's magic. That's pure magic. Though, speaking of um, revisiting Logan Theater, Moss, you actually – got back there kind of recently to see Tenet, right?
2: Yeah. Nathan and I went on Saturday uh, at noon. Is it there- as good as I'm led to believe by the hype? It's overhyped, but that's because it, theater industry was kind of hoping it would jumpstart the uh, people returning to the theater. And I just, I don't, A, I don't think that's going to happen. And B, I don't, I mean, it was a cool movie. I enjoyed it. Um, it was actually pretty awesome, but um I mean, it's just like a big budget thriller, sci-fi thriller. I I don't don't know. I just don't, I don't know. I I don't really have a way to, I don't really have a, have a specific thought. I mean, it was like, cool, but it's like why would anybody think that like this was going to save the movie industry? (laughs) You know, I don't know. Like you could just as easily wait for the video on demand. I see what you mean. So would you say that the
0: whole experience of, going to the theater in the first place was, would you say it was worth it or it was what you were really going for anyway? Just the
2: kind of shred of normalcy? Well, so the reason I decided to see that specifically, what I've just been itching to get out Number one. Number right. two, I figured if I go early on a Saturday, and like I researched the protocol at Logan Theater and, you know, they had good procedure in place and et cetera. Um, so I'm like, well, if I go on a Saturday morning, it's probably going to be pretty chill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, Ian, one of our Lord's buddies, had seen it and uh, he said the sound was, was really good. I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, I, I've been wanting to get out of the house, go to the theater, and I'm sure it'll sound badass, you know, on the big sound system. Uh, and it did, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't like go to a Friday night theater or I wouldn't yeah. want to go if it were like, I mean, this was like what, 10% capacity, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it were 25, would I feel the same about it or 40%, I'd probably be uncomfortable. It was, I, I wore a mask the whole time, which wasn't that big of a deal because I have a comfortable, comfortably fitting mask. Um, but you know, that's something you got to get used to as well. But, I mean, it, it was a badass movie. I'd recommend it. But, you know, it's like if you choose to wait to see it, you know, on streaming, you know, no problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody else
2: has, uh, you know, or out there, I guess,
0: among our, our uh, dozen of listeners, uh, if if you have a job where you have to wear a mask uh, indoors for long periods of time, that's how it is at, at school. You know, I essentially wear one for probably seven hours and in, in one go, pretty much, pretty much every day. So yeah. that, that wouldn't be, yeah, that would be unreasonable for me.
2: Yeah. So. For, for like long-term mask wearage, we're getting bit, we're, we're like waxing technica here on masks now, but uh, I, I like the over the head, something that like fits over the head and comes around this way. So it's not just like pulling on my ears for hours on end. You know, right. Like, I know the
0: little things make a big difference.
2: Yeah. Or like if you tie it behind your head, it's just constantly slipping down behind my massive brain, you know, and then the little thing <laughs> it slips and I got to retie it or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got one that I, that kind of fits over my head over my cabeza. And then I put a hat on over that and it's easy.
0: That said now's a great time for an ad break. Um, and to let you all know that the pit cast is endorsed by, nutty mcflush co so please wait, go to Jacob's goofy website and get all of your oh. mask needs from it
2: <laughs> now for, for for a split second i'm like wait a minute i don't remember i don't remember Jake <laughs> getting out to do a spot here oh oh wait he, he's paying he us not you he didn't pay <laughs> oh, 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 you oh, man. Man. yeah no but i'm paying him and he's paying you because i'm the one that bought a bunch of masks from him. <laughs> Lauren, were you going to say something uh, no, basically the same, the
3: same thing, the over the head, the, uh, nutty McFlush style is great for long use, but the, uh, you can't beat the convenience of the behind the ear mass just to like pop into, um, you know, to, to get your takeout. Yeah. You back up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, right. Yeah. I, I use one of those like, yeah, if I'm just running the convenience store or something. And just peel the fucker off as soon as you're out there like, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So we covered the, we covered the hacker stuff. Sorry. I had to dip out just for a, a quick moment there.
0: We did. Yes, we did. Awesome. So we've got, uh, we've got more MTG uh, based news on, on the docket. Don't worry. We do talk about magic sometimes on this, on this podcast. Um, a big reason why we've got Laurie on the cast tonight is because, well, the guys just an absolute, middle school ringer. And so, Lorian, you played in the Romancing the Stones, which is a a, a Texas-based vintage group. Uh, their their middle school event, which was streamed on Twitch and everything, there might even be VODs if you go to like twitch.tv slash
3: Romancing the Stones. Stones. Yeah, yeah, there are VODs up.
0: Yeah, which is sweet. So if you are if you're wondering about what, like what the gameplay looks like of of middle school or like what some of the deck archetypes look like in action, you can always dial that up. And then I also see written here that there's a um there was a Quebec event. That did you play that in person?
3: Yeah, that was in spring of 2019 and I think I might have tried to talk about it on our last episode. Yeah. Uh, but the guys ah, the guys up there were so this. cool. I felt bad for never having like mentioned them, mentioned yeah. the the event, so
2: yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that was lost in the sands of time. A
0: hundred percent. So, set the stage. What brought you up to Canada in the first place?
3: Marissa and I were just taking a spring break trip, and uh, for whatever reason, we decided came back. It's some place that I wanted to to visit. So, we were going to spend like a few days in Montreal and then a few days in Quebec City. She speaks French, so it's relatively easy. I mean, you know, they they speak English up there for the most part too, but. Uh, it's gave her a chance to uh, practice her French. And so we planned this trip, not even thinking about uh, any kind of tournament at all, but on the Lords of the Pit, actually, they had a calendar of events and the Tantra Wolves was one of them. Marissa pointed that out to me and I was like, all right, well, I, I don't
1: know if I'm gonna do it. Like, <laughs> what a I'm, girl!
0: Yeah. When does
3: that happen?
0: Ever? Most, of, most usually, people say like, "Oh, I burned," you know, X amount of wife credit to be able to go to like this or that tournament. Yuck, gross. Yeah.
3: So, uh, but I really, I was talking to her about it today in preparation for this podcast, and she really wanted to go to these uh, Quebec sugar shacks, which is which are like these little cabins out in you know the middle of nowhere where you. Um, you, like, eat multi-course, um, like, provincial meal of, like, pea soup and ham with maple syrup on it. And, oh, hell yeah. You know, there's, like, little goats and things. And um, we weren't going to rent a car. But the Tundra Wolves were going to do their event one day and then a, a mass trip out to the sugar shacks. So she was like, oh, well, if we do this event, we can get, like, a ride, basically, after the sugar shack." So... <laughs> She had her. She had her plan. There was some EV in it for her too. Wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, so yeah, so
0: it's really Marissa that's just squeezing the most amount of value she possibly can. I
2: mean, that's absolutely just incredible. Absolutely. What, what was she, the What was the format that they? Oh, it was old there? school.
3: It was old okay. school. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Tundra wolves are all about old school. Gotcha. And uh, she wanted to play too. I was like, I don't want to spend you know a whole day of our vacation doing you know being a sweat hog while you're like stuck being alone but she i i made her a a pink aggro deck and we were all set to go uh i ate something that didn't agree with me uh so i popped (laughs) like an edible, yeah
2: (laughs) well they say uh, yes you're not supposed to drink the water out of country those uh smoked meat you guys know what
3: smoked meats are that's a that's a quebec specialty it's they don't tell you what kind of meat. it's just smoked meat so I had a big smoked meat sandwich, and uh, I, I think it disagreed with me.
2: Raccoon or what? Beaver? <laughs> it was more of
0: like the meat toward the toward the back end of the beast. Yeah, right. You didn't get the front end; you got
3: more of the back. Uh, Behind us uh, or to the butthole? <laughs> yeah. So I I was uh, I did that actually wasn't what did me in. It was the like taking some uh, anti-pooping pills. And you're not supposed to combine liquor with that, which I didn't realize.
2: Uh, well, I would have made like the same
3: too. mistake. I can promise you that. I don't it like it where basically gives you, yeah, it just gives you alcohol poisoning, or it makes you feel very, very ill because, like, Ew. you can't, you know, just like I think the alcohol is just like sitting in your gut, like not being passed through. Uh, so the day talk about the event, a blue stew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The> mud, <laughs> mono
0: brown stew. So, yeah, talk about mono brown. Okay, so you
3: were – so did, does, does that mean you were unable to play? Was this like the <laughs> yeah. day of the tournament? This is the – well. so the, the night before this happened, the morning of I, like, woke up, took a shower. It was one of those showers where, like, by the time you get out of the shower, you're exhausted. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those – like, you've got a fever and you're, like, trying to push through. You're like, I can do this. And then you're like, no, a shower has wiped me up. That kind of reminds me of the last <laughs> time I –
2: well, we are, actually, are we getting a tournament report for an event that you didn't play? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that was Morgan's over a like, year and a half ago. It's like, no, I played Marissa in the hotel room. I crushed her. Like, twelve games. Jesus Christ. Breaking
3: news here. <laughs> no, so so Marissa actually went. I was like, do you really want to go? What a
2: legend. Oh <sighs> my God. I love this girl so major, much. Major, major points.
3: So she, uh, she goes and I, I guess it's like a pretty normal game cafe thing. And, um, you know, she wanted to squeeze out that EV, get the, the contact deeds for our uh, Tundra Wolves connection. And so I think she ended up going O four 4 drop, something like that. Like, she gave it the college try. But, I mean, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And unfortunately, she actually won uh, the, like, grand prize raffle. But because she had dropped and left, they uh, they couldn't award it to her. Man. So she missed out on a, uh, a beta regrowth, unfortunately.
2: Ooh, oh, heartbreak. Now that's Damn. the EV play. That's yeah. where you would have swooped in like a hawk. That's right. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and claim that on her behalf. No yeah. worries.
3: Yeah. Uh, we did. Uh, she did contact uh, Laurence and Francois, who are two very <laughs> awesome dudes. And uh, the next morning, I was well enough that we all drove out to the sugar shack together Played some uh, pickup old school games. We did a three round old school cube draft. And uh, basically, Tundra Wolves are really awesome dudes.
0: Awesome. The alliance is,
2: uh, yeah, the alliance is strengthened. I don't think, I don't usually think of Quebec as a tundra, I think of it as more like forested.
3: You're gonna have to talk to them, dude. I don't
2: know. Okay. Well what yeah. forest I mean, <laughs> what
0: forest magic card are you gonna name it after?
2: Orcish, the Orcish you. Lumberjacks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, dude.
2: I don't know, man. You gotta come up with something catchy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Everybody's gotta have a have some kind of a, a, a totem card, right?
0: Okay, so switching to the uh romancing the stones. I seem to have
2: some
1: dim some dim. I seem to have some dim on firing in my brain about talking to them at uh, the eternal weekend old school event when they were debating on their team name and they were kind of indifferent about it. And then they're <laughs> like, yeah, Tundra Wolves, that's fine. Or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just like an alcohol reverie, but.
2: Hmm.
3: It's, it's probably true, right? It's great to have your name be a common card then you can yeah. like buy in bulk and like pass. You know every event oh, you yeah. can like give people tundra yeah. like black border tundra wolves, and it's not a big deal. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, you don't want to be like the Michigan Moxon,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> it is embarrassing that we are the Lords of the Pit, but nobody except probably Sanders plays decks with Lord of the Pit in it.
1: It's not for the fan of heart. Well, we
0: get really started on it. Start brewing. I know oh, that yeah, I own. I didn't even own a beta Lord of the Pit for a long time, and I got mine for free. Actually, sick I EV one.
1: Yeah,
0: so see, see, you don't even have one. It's like, who the <laughs> hell are you? I mean, I do have this like golden Lord, but I don't know how I came across that one.
2: Anyway, it was a be-
0: was that a beta? I actually don't know. You can't tell under all the. Paint um, and under the, all the gold, know, and, and, and and the, all, the, all the gold, and the big proclamation of first place. But anyway, it, none, none, of, that's important. none <laughs> of that's important. Because it's not first place. <laughs> it's not my first place win that we're here to talk about.
2: It. No. How, how about how about we? Uh, yeah. How about we do a little quick recap of of that not first place, that second place <laughs> thing that you had, and, and then we'll come back to then we'll touch back on the romancing the stones thing. Okay, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely put a pin in
0: Brabant to the subs because I want to yeah. hear more about what Laurie had played. But yeah. just to get this out of the way, because I knew as soon as I lost this match, I would be like, ah, oh, Jesus, this is not the last I'm going to uh, – <laughs> I'm going to hear about this one. Yeah. Set the stage, man. Okay, so we were uh, – on the last podcast, we were talking about the, um, the Nashville Club putting on this uh, – too batch, just straight up EC old school tournament um, with the top eight. So, ended up making the top eight, ended up making the finals, and we did open deck lists for the top eight. And as I was looking through all the decks, I was like, okay, there's some stuff that I see that's sort of familiar, or kind of like Wonder Bready esque deck, like a rug deck. There's kind of like a Paul De Silva-esque like Ernum Gen deck. And then there was this like rancid looking white weenie deck that had a bunch of like ridiculous three of's like three spirit links in the main and like three land taxes and like random one of's and like Abu Jafar's and Golgothian Silexes in the, in the sideboard. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I look at it a little bit closer. I'm like, well, actually there's a lot of cards in this deck that are kind of a big problem for me, especially the Acacia Javelineers. Yeah. Um, I'm playing this rug deck with with script Sprites, and Argothian Pixies. And I'm like, actually, Acathe- that card, the Javelineers, is like one of the biggest beatings you can, some- you can put on. Because it's like it either gets paid massively or I have to use a lightning bolt on a 1-1. It just sucks. And so I'm thinking the whole time, like, honestly, I think this white weenie deck is the deck that I least want to play against in the entire top eight. But I mean, look at it. It's, it's horrible, right? There's no way that it's going to make it all the way. Well, that white weenie deck piloted by Brandon Bergoa made it all the way to the finals. (laughs) So I'm sitting down across from him thinking like, okay, what the hell is my plan? Like normally, it's just a no-brainer to like bring in the serendibs against white weenie but he's got three spirit links main deck that he's not going to cut so it's like i can't just board in my dibs and run them into the spirit links right. right i have no way of of like bouncing my dib back to my hand or whatever they i'm just fucked so we play so so game 1 i i keep like a sort of slower six card hand with uh two ATOGs and end up drawing into the third thinking, well, okay, the ATOGs is actually a pretty good moat against this type of deck. Um, so I'll be able to like buy my time until I can like do all the busted shit that my deck can do and cast draw sevens and bolt all your guys or whatever. Well, he draws triple swords for my triple ATOG and I die. Game two, I'm like, ah, okay, I've got these onks which are obviously coming out. And then I'm really waffling between the Psy blasts." and the shatters either either way I'm thinking that I want to cut both of those. Well, I know that he has some ivory towers in the sideboard, but it's like, I have four onks baby. (laughs) And the ivory tower is only good if um, he gets land tax online. Well, he only has two land taxes. It's like, it seems pretty darn likely that the shatters won't line up that well for me. And if he keeps the angels in, then I'll really want the side blasts. Yeah. So I keep the sideblast in, cut the, cut the shatters, peel open my opening seven, can't keep it, peel open my six, can't keep it, go down to five. Okay, sure, it's got like a Tog, a Mox, um, you know, all the colors of mana, and like, of course, the fucking sideblast. So we end up playing this insane, like one and a half hour game, Ugh. Where all of the absolute nutty cards, it like he must have sideboarded in like nine, ten cards because I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Silex, I'm seeing the Abu
2: Jafar, I'm seeing like um, Abu Jafar, by the way, is a one mana zero one that kills whatever creature it blocks, right? Right, right Whether,
0: yeah, okay. So he's just, you know, he's just just like running it through the garden. He just like turned his white weenie deck into this
3: like tax tower deck. And, and by the way, like uh, this match is open. And so there's like, what, 15 dudes in there, you yeah. know, in, in a whereby room. just yeah. like shit talking both players and just having a great time <laughs> and just like getting more and more frenzied the longer and longer the second game goes on.
0: Oh, so everyone just had us muted and we're all
2: talking?
3: Yeah. Well, no, no, no. We were uh, typing. We were, we were typing the whole
2: Oh, time. you were typing. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, if you're trying to play a game and there's just like incessant chatter from <laughs> no, 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 no. That would drive me crazy. Yeah. It
0: was, uh, so the towers ended up being so huge for him and I'm casting like time twister, regrow, time twister, regrow, time twister, regrow, time twister, and I can't hit enough vices to get out from under the two towers that he eventually gets in play. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way in a million years that I thought that his ivory towers would be significant in the slightest. And he also had Cop Red in play, which I also thought there's, it's impossible that Cop Red is even remotely good against me because I want to bolt your creatures anyway. Yeah. And yet here I am <laughs> sitting across from him. He's gaining like 12 life off the, off the towers every single time after I twist her and yeah. he fucking, he fucking takes it. And I'm like, Holy shit. That was so awesome. I, I, well, First off I'll say that like, the game ended resoundingly when he played Golgothian Silax and destroyed like, Two pixies, two factories, and an atom—just like that's the and massive his ivory towers. And his ivory towers,
2: but <laughs> he, he didn't was not like the
3: ivory towers at that point. Yeah, he was at like yeah. forty
2: plus and had like three, four yeah, creatures so... to play after. Carter was doing his impression of Linda Hamilton in Terminator Two when she's grabbing on the chain link fence with the H bomb going off and <laughs> <laughs> she's screaming as her skin is melted and flies apart.
0: Oh yeah, it just—it ended with like an absolute nuclear bomb being dropped on my (laughs) board state. Like just the most resounding way to, to win a badge possibly. And after that was after the dust cleared and I (laughs) lost, I was just, I was just thinking like, man, it's so cool how Uh, like offbeat choices really are significant because I had played against, Serendib, 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 Serendib all the way up there and I knew exactly how to beat Serendib, you know? Um, but I didn't really know like against this kind of offbeat thing. I made it, i made that big mistake in sideboarding where he obviously took the angels out, put all these other cards in and that little decision, I only sideboarded in like four cards and that little decision cost me the whole thing because it was such a long protracted game and it was, it was fucking awesome. Like a total learning moment. And honestly, he was the fucking good guy. So it, it made for a better story that he won anyway. So it was
2: kind of win-win. What was his win con then? Oh, he still had, you know, the javelineers, the orders, the lions. Gotcha.
3: Well, I'll say this. So Carter was at six for like 30 turns. So for thirty turns, Carter was on the offensive, trying to like push through all of this ivory tower life gain, hmm. and uh, Brandon was not able to push through any damage. Hmm. So it was like this really long standstill where all Brandon had to do was six damage, and after the Silex resolved, he just like crushed Carter's board and was able to get a few creatures through. That's all that he needed.
2: That's it's insane.
0: Yeah, I died in like a turn after the Silex. He just like Silexed, put six power into play, and it's like, all right, go. And I drew and died. Yeah. It was it was a super, super fun game.
1: Yes, yeah, sideboarding remains the most elusive part of the game of magic to me. Like I have, I have lost so many games because I've missed sideboarded and I've won so many games because I've missed sideboarded. Like, you know, just sort of like (laughs) have that like genius, like moment where you sideboard completely wrong, but then your opponents like double next leveling you, but then your stupid level one sideboard actually counters their you know, cause like who would think to sideboard out angels against like a did deck? It's like, no, that's like a great answer, but he did that. (laughs) I
0: don't yeah I don't necessarily know that he didn't have angels but we saw you know because he didn't exactly have the opportunity to tap out for angel pretty much the entire match yeah which just goes to show that you know my logic in keeping the side in was not so great because you know he was he wasn't really playing that much fast mana it was it was just pretty much a classic getting
2: your
1: teeth kicked in by every tower shatter would have been pretty nice.
2: Yeah, why did do you didn't have like falling star or earthquake in your list? I guess you wouldn't have earthquake with the with the pixies. Yeah,
0: and I, I don't no fall- I don't own falling star. Ooh. And I, honestly, that card I'm I'm not a hundred percent if it would have made a huge difference. A card that would have made a huge difference would be like another threat like Urnum. You know, if I could board in even more, like be powerful 3-4 mana plays to kind of go over the top of him mm. which is something that I will definitely consider for the deck because spirit link the spirit link technology is 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 definitely out there now people have realized how good that card is against Serendipha-free. and so i don't know i think i think there's got to be some sort of plan that takes spirit link into consideration but you know you can also Cause you can also play around it. Like he ended up spirit linking to scrib sprites. Oh yuck. So I felt like I was in a decent position, but it really was not realizing how the game would actually play out, which is really long and protracted. You know, yeah. he's got a bunch of stuff that trade with my creatures. I've got a bunch of stuff that trades with his creatures And so it's going to come down to these like who can set up a more powerful engine or go over the top. And that's what tax tower did in, in the match for him. So it just, it, I, I, my general magic philosophy is keep things really streamlined, play a bunch of four ofs, have the deck do the same thing every game as much as you can. And then if you draw the ancestral or whatever, you're just like, Oh, this is just a, a freebie. But you know, he had the three land taxes and the two ivory towers, and given the texture of the game against my specific deck, like it it got there and it was bound to get there. You know, given the nature of the matchup, like he in a in the average game would have enough time to set that up, probably. So I needed to be able to fight it with the with the shatters.
2: So back to the combat element. Um, and, I, and I found this playing white weenie at that Lord's Labor Day thingy, but maze was a really badass car bringing in two, re- I brought in three mazes out of the side. And that enabled me to kind of set, Lorraine, we had a match, right? Remember that where I had the double mazes and, and you had like a couple serendibs. Was that you or was that somebody else?
3: Uh, That could have been me. You won that game. You won that match. So I think that's
2: right. Was that the, like, I had double maze and you had double dibs and just took like 12 for 14 damage or whatever off your double dibs?
3: Yeah, I think I got a strip mine eventually, uh, but you had another maze on top of that.
2: Yeah, it's like that that second maze is so brutal once you get it in play. You can really manipulate the combat to be most favorable.
0: Yeah, I think conventional wisdom says that You know, the equity of maze goes down if there are four strips, which is probably true to an extent, but it doesn't, it doesn't preclude maze from being used in sideboard still. Yeah. uh,
2: yeah. And like, usually that first strip hits on, I mean, in a four strip game, usually it's like that first or second, that first land or that first dual land is going to get stripped and you're not playing your maze on turn two one or yeah. two you know it's
3: the same principle as like running a bunch of artifacts and a bunch of enchantments and just really
2: yeah overload
3: their disenchant. so like yeah they can disenchant whatever they want but eventually you're going to end up with some permanence that they can't deal with correct right because you're like they're, they're probably also right they're trying to strip you off a color they're trying to strip you off mistress factory yeah. and they're trying to strip you off maze like something's going to stick around yeah.
2: Well, that's a pretty heroic tale and, and big ups to Brand- Brandon. Brandon is his name, right? Brandon? I, I, Brandon. I think of it as Josh's brother because I haven't met him in person, ba- but I, baby, I know Josh. Bergoa, yeah. I know Josh quite well. He's a major signature nerd and he and I nerd out deeply on the subject.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was an awesome finals. Honestly, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have asked for better. It was, it was a fucking blast. That one was not, that was not my, my day <laughs> to win. So, you know, that's all good. Um,
2: it, was, it was fun. So let's pick up that pin that we put in the um, romancing the stone. What is that what it was called? Oh Yeah. Romancing. romancing
3: yeah. Romancing the
2: stones, <clears throat> romancing the stones, middle school tournament. And, and Lauren, could you just briefly for my own edification set up like who they are and where they're based out of and all that?
3: Yeah, so they're based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, As Carter said, I think they started off as kind of a vintage club. Okay. But they recently uh, wanted to expand into middle school. Mm. And so this one, I think they've done one or two before this one. uh, But they basically wanted to open it up to other clubs, other people. I think there was someone, uh, I think Brandon, or no, Robert, I'm sorry. I think Robert is in the Lords of the Pit. Uh, discord, or he was before we uh, ejected everyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's members only. It's a private party. Yeah, <clears throat> before Robert E. Agra led a <laughs> led a vicious charge.
1: Well,
0: right. It's like you know, Robert E. You know, gets drafts a bunch of conscripts to fight <laughs> in the pits and the trenches. And then he just releases them from their service without any, you know, without any benefits without any, you know, veterans protection or whatever. It's, it's pretty brutal. So how many
2: players were in the middle school event?
3: There were 30 players. Okay. So it was a good sized group. Yeah. It was um, five rounds and then cut to top eight and a pretty chill tournament structure. You just did like a $5 donation to a Texas food bank. Mm. And then there's some game shop in, texas that that put up 100 dollars store credit for the top four hmm. so you're playing for that you know but it, you're not not trying to uh not trying to razzle dazzle people too much just have a good time play a fun deck and uh see how you ended up
2: and you
1: this was goblins
3: what's that we're on goblins i was on uh the band survival madness featuring a chroma oh
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah
3: because it's what? like an interesting deck like it's it's um No one else has really done it in middle school. Like it's a little bit different than than what's been done. So I thought it'd be a fun tournament to showcase that deck.
0: I've just started picking up um, the pieces for, I usually do like one middle school deck a year. (laughs) So I've got, I've got this year's, uh, this year's plan. And uh, it will absolutely involve survival of the, of the fittest.
3: I think I know what you're playing uh, because you were talking about the cards you needed. I was like, there's literally only one deck that uses all these cards. So you're like
0: great whale. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, uh, We're, we're going to be try to, we're going to try to turn a Volrath shapeshifter into, well, all, all sorts of things. It just seems like full English breakfast seems like the most fun and also challenging deck.
3: Yeah, that deck is super fun. And actually, that's a, uh, I'm, I just picked up some Dreadnoughts because uh, – Oh, that's tasty. I, yeah, I had some uh, – traded in this ultra-rare foil hollow graphic will uh,
2: that I got. Charizard? Uh, oh, forcible.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Basically.
2: Well, yeah, that was uh, – you ripped that from a pack, right?
3: Yeah, from one uh, of those VIP packs. The
2: new one? Yeah, yeah
3: got super lucky so traded it for sort credit got some dreadnoughts and um, i'm building something kind of similar carter so I, i'll i would like to uh, bounce some ideas off you
0: oh that's you sweet think. yeah jaco um, refused to i i grabbed a, a few cards off of him and he refused to give me a cephalid ink shrouder because he was like, no, the card is just absolutely unacceptable. Like <laughs> the card socks don't you use did, it. Though. You did like, you don't want to play it. Trust me.
2: So the Volrath, <laughs> the Volrath just sees the dreadnought on top of your uh, graveyard and then turns into it without triggering the, the TB. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. So long as you don't play it, like, so long as like, you can just, so long as, when you play the Volrath shapeshifter, the Dreadnought isn't on top of the library. That's all that needs to happen. And then oh, you, can like, you, can, okay. you can like dump a Dreadnought immediately and then it's just a
2: 12-12. Okay, so Volrath has to enter the board first and then you put the Dreadnought in the bin yeah. and the Dreadnought sees him and turns into a 12-12 trample. Or,
3: or like you can play uh, something with a spicy ETB and then when the, um, when the shapeshifter comes in, it will trigger that. So like the best one that I've seen is Hypnox. It makes yeah. them hypnox is, their whole hand.
0: And yeah. then once it's not hypnox, they'll never get their hand back. Right. But when I was when I'm constructing this deck, I'm looking at this deck and I'm just thinking, like, God, like how many of these like nonsense cards can you actually play? You know? Like how many of these hands are full of like acromas and iridescent angels and hypnoxes yeah. and exactly, warflings? Yeah. It's like Yeah, you never want to see that guy. <laughs> You just don't, yeah, you don't. You just want to pull them out of your deck. But here's the thing. If you put cards in your deck, you will draw them. Yeah. And sometimes you will not have survival. So, you know, I was talking to, to Jaco about this and he did make a salient point about, you know, Morphling is good because it's a bomb by itself. Um, and yeah. can just and can just win the game on its own, you know? Um, and so I think it's good to put, a decent amount of value on those types of creatures as opposed to like I think I would put Hypnox in the sideboard and board it when I know that I want to rip my opponent's hand away if I was playing against like a force of will based control deck or something. But I don't know if I necessarily want to start the Hypox and you know in case I run into Sly or Goblins or any other because even ripping out like, you know, two, three cards from their hand is I don't know. It's 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 not worth the the disaster of actually drawing the thing when you need a real card.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with you. That's where I'm at on this list that I'm working on right now, which I'm calling Chicago Brunch because it's like <laughs> different <laughs> enough from full English breakfast, but I feel like it's a unique it's a unique deck, but it's still I pretty similar. That. But yeah. That's that's the reason why I like this band Madness Survival is like if they pop your survival or if you just happen to never draw it, you know, you've still got game with uh, Wild Mongrel and um, Basky Root Walla and Arrogant Worm, you know. So you can play a fair game, you can play an unfair game. Uh, So over the course of the tournament, I went 4-1. mold to four at one point (laughs) against the Devourer combo deck. Because I was like, I have to have interaction, I have to have interaction, I have to have interaction. Mold to four, got the interaction, uh force a Wiltus Tinker, and then he just drew dead and i beat him with like a wild mongrel and a basking root wallet. oh my god that's insane it was, it was really sad like every my favorite some of my favorite games are, are the ones where somebody wins on four because it's like at the time it just seems wrong you know like oh what are you doing oh i feel so sorry for you oh this is so terrible and then they're able to actually put together a winning uh, yeah. strategy.
0: Oh yeah, win. it's like after after a few rounds, you kind of, or after a few turns of the game. I mean, like you forget. You know, I mulled the five in this game too, and it was like an hour and a half game. You know, after enough time, it's like yeah, you just forget that the other person mulled the five and has like a thirty percent chance of winning anyway. You know, yeah, you just it's,
3: the two cards matter less and less as the game progresses. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, we should, yeah, we should definitely collaborate. Um, I'll, I'll reach out to you once I get all of the, uh, all the pieces. The mana is another thing that I'm kind of concerned about because when you're like said essentially like a blue green based deck, um, you don't have fetch lands.
3: Uh, play white baby. That's the, that's the key. You play bands. So you get blue, white, white, yeah. green fetch lands. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Actually, it's probably going to be about, well, yeah, so you get blue, white, and white,
2: green. And your business cards in there, too. I guess because I was thinking black, but if I played black. You're still not getting
0: black, green. Then I can't get black, green. I just get blue, black.
3: Yeah, black's the common color for full English breakfast. You get things like duress, cabal therapy, uh, mesmeric fiend. I like the fiends a lot. Mm. Psychotog yeah. played in that? Psychotog, yeah. One of Psychotog is really good. Cause like, especially with the, um, the way that the, uh, shapeshifter works, you can put, uh, Psychotog on top and then you can like remove cards from your graveyard to get the perfect setup that you want. Like you can even remove
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: the Psychotog that's on top. That's making the shapeshifter a Psychotog to like have it be something else beneath it.
2: Yeah. It lets you sculpt a little bit. Right.
3: Right. Yeah, because a, a lot of the times with that
0: deck, you know, the, the creature that you put on top is like a resource that you only get once. So if you put like chroma on top, but then they lightning bolt your Birds of Paradise, then it doesn't matter if the chroma has protection from everything, right? It's like, yeah. no, it's just a bird. But psychotub kind of gives you outs to actually getting the chroma back again.
3: Right, And it's Which like is, is like morphling in that it's just a good card. It's just a good value card to have. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just kind of pound for pound a powerful magic card. Which is like another reason why I don't love the the acroma too. You know, I just think I I don't think you want to win in the combat step with uh, with that deck necessarily. A phage, right? Phage is just another like massive fucking clunker. You know yeah. that you just never want to draw except.
3: When you're, when you're winning. So there must be a better way. Well, Bant, okay. So uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this. So Bant, you get meddling mage to replace the mesmeric fiends and you get loyal retainers to make a chroma live, even if it's not on top of your library mm. or on top of your graveyard.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I guess it's time to sell some old school cards to get meddling
3: mages. <laughs> oh, they're cheap, dude. They're cheap. Oh really? It, oh good. It, they were reprinted in double masters, and like, um, so not to go into to too much about double masters, but basically, you know, there's like these special card, like there's the rares, and then there's these special special cards you can get. And meddling mage was the absolute like worst card that you could get for your special special card. Mm. So you can get full art meddling mages right now for like five bucks of the <laughs> you know the new. If you're into that stuff, you can get foil ones for probably like ten. But then that's decreased the value of, of all other meddling mages. So you can pick up a playset for like 20 bucks, I think.
0: Oh, that's that's yeah. really delightful news because that's a really, really fun magic card. Any magic card that involves guessing what is in your opponent's hand, to me, is just like the pinnacle of design.
1: Cabal Therapy, one of my all-time favorites.
0: A hundred percent. Because that just seems like a true uh, display of skill. Well, it
1: makes you feel so smart.
0: (laughs) It makes you feel so smart. And then sometimes you just get lucky and you're like, I'm a fucking genius. That's like the longest (laughs) running bit in middle school history, you know? Oh, come therapy perfectly. Yeah. Name the name of their deck. Oh, geez. I'm so good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of pound for pound power here, um, I'm going to switch here down the itinerary list to a uh, just a random piece of news that I thought was pretty awesome that I would share, which was that, and, and this does tie in with middle school, but that Butson recently unearthed evidence that uh, Torque and Rec live.
1: No.
2: Uh, I don't know if you saw that, Tyler, no but he went up and was jamming middle school with those two guys. I don't know when it was, like a week ago, two weeks ago. I don't know. <laughs> This like summer, the
1: mythical lost brothers—they like disappeared off into the woods, doing yeah. some you know side quest, never to be heard of again. <laughs> yeah. And they're like alive. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah,
2: no, they're alive and still playing cards, but not playing old school. They are playing middle school. However, I think they were playing. I I don't know how I don't know how they got into that. I, I just I don't I don't know the you know why they got got out of old school what why they chose middle school or whatever but i'm i'm thankful that butson found evidence that they're still still at it magic no not for long A
1: break you take a break
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean
0: these are two legendary characters from the beginning of the lords of the pit i mean we would essentially like leave chicago to go to wisconsin to meet up with pretty much just these guys and maldo Ed of course, of course. Well, and of course, all the, you know, all the pals that we made in Wisconsin, but that's just to, that's just to say that, you know, these guys were, you know, the dudes who would always be there whenever we left the state.
1: Right. Well, and then conversely, like they were always the ones that would make the hike down. So yeah. when I first started hanging out with everyone, it's like, whoa, you like drove all the way down from where to do this? yeah Whoa, dude. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah they were kind of the they were kind of the first at the beginning so it just goes to show you can run but you can't
1: hide
2: yeah so so the next next level of the psyop will then be to somehow get them. <laughs> <laughs> long range long range scanning but it, hopefully one day we'll get them back here in the city
0: Oh yeah, it's just a it's just a matter of time. And that's what Butson does. Butson Butson brings people together, you know. <laughs> he's he went out there, he's planting the seed. Yeah, they those fuckers thought they could run. I I don't <laughs> know.
2: Oh <no>. <laughs> <laughs> real, man. The last time I saw those guys was at the second um Madison meetup. Madison uh, at Durasketter. They were there. Remember when we did it and it was like 55 people and it was kind of chaotic. They were at that one, but they left early because rec got, well, you know, we don't have to like, they're not, I'm not going to bury them here on the pod. So you can no, say that no. he got wrecked. Yeah, no, I mean like, yeah, they had to bounce early and, and, uh, you know, and I just haven't seen him since. I think they ended up, you know, that's kind of during that time when there was super velocity in the pricing and and perhaps yes. they just sold out. Yes, you're
0: 100% right. It, it like coincided with, um, it was like Vegas that year, right? When the prices of everything just seemed to double or triple. All anybody could talk about were these buyouts and the future of the format and, oh my God, we can't get new people to join because now it's just become so prohibitively expensive to play old school. And then we saw some of our friends say, you know, yeah, actually we're, we're going to sell out. And it's like, oh shit, it is so real. Like these buyouts are affecting all of us so viscerally. It was like, we just lost two friends on account of them.
2: Yeah. So big ups to Butson.
0: Big ups, big ups to him indeed. So, um, next on the Lord's docket, our next, uh, our next tournament online, of course, is going to, um, and we kind of hinted about this at the, at the last episode, but it's going to be, this is the season, baby. This is the ice age. So we've, uh, we finally locked in what we want to do, which (laughs) is two batches, four rounds, old school 95 for one. And I was actually brewing my deck today, old school 95 singleton for the other, just to really, throw as many wrenches in
2: as yeah as possible well yeah i mean just in keeping with like the other cute cups we did proxies are legal so like if people don't want to go out and buy those eight cent ice age cards you know they can always just print them at home
3: (laughs) oh man i put in an order today actually for the single i don't know if i'm going to play the singleton deck but it's like an update to my old school singleton deck yeah So I found a buyer with like the five, eight cent cards that I needed. And I'm looking at my card on TCG player, like 40 cents shipping is 80 cents. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to throw in like a, uh, a pity merchant scroll (laughs) just to have this. Just so this guy doesn't. He's like this fucking guy. Oh yeah. I
0: actually found that I needed one mountain goat. (laughs)
3: <laughs> mountain goat wow well, that's, a, uh, one that's
1: a card, a card. Oh, one mountain walk or something
0: yep that's exactly what that is i was making my deck and i'm like i think it's correct to play mountain goat here <laughs> so
2: oh baby so yeah anyways it's yeah we'll do we'll do round uh, one batch of just standard old school 95 and then a, a one batch of singleton we're going to ban um mana crypt which i think which i think is correct given that soul ring is also banned and all of the moxon for example um and that's it let it rip
0: yeah makes sense mana crypt is just a goofball card
2: uh we'll do a top four and our charity is going to be the my block my hood my city chicago uh chapter i don't know do they have those in other cities or not but I don't that's know
0: a, that's a Chicago charity. Only specifically. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my block, my hood, my city. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah, so we'll do that. We'll do like two weeks or whatever, twenty days out of uh October. Should be fun. I'll I I I'll admit that I will miss um what we did last fall, which were the three meetups where we did the toy drive and we amassed that giant. Yes. Loot.
0: That was so sick. And then the, and then the picture at the end with yeah. everything that had been yeah. gathered, which was
2: a sizable amount of loot. Yeah, it was, that was a lot. That was a fun project. I don't, maybe we'll try to <clears throat> do some kind of a miniaturized version of that this year. I, I just don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll have to put the brain trust to it and figure something. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Crypto to the kids, Bitcoin.
2: oh that's so
0: sweet we can send amazon
3: gift cards (laughs) there
0: we go (laughs) yeah we can pull we can pull our resources and buy him a share of amazon (laughs) well i mean come on everyone's going to be around for uh for the holidays who the hell is going home so yeah right uh, we're going to be able to do something
2: yeah speaking of uh, going home, uh, the the, the last item that I had listed here was Tyler Edders chimes in live at the Inferno. So uh, give us a scoop, man.
1: Yeah. Well, Mr. Moss, Dr. Eraser, Mr. Meatball, I'll tell you a story. Okay. (laughs) Every morning, the light has been an eerie, warm pink glow. And I realized that it's not morning. It's actually the middle of the afternoon. It's like a perpetual sunrise of dawn because the light as it filters through the sun is just not right. And all of my Midwestern rooted instincts are going off screaming, tornado, tornado, tornado. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that light that color means when it's yeah. dawn. So today I took a walk Because the AQI, the air quality index was only 140. And I'm like, that's not too bad. Took a walk for 20 minutes, came home and had the worst headache. And I reeked of smoke. So I took a shower and took like ibuprofen. Oh, wow. Um, Like, it's it's not even bad here. And I, I looked at the map, you know, up in Oregon and... Washington and stuff you know it's like AQI is like 300 400 so it's real and like i my my pals in chicago were telling me that like the smoke just hit you all today and like that that haze you're seeing that's like from the west coast yeah
2: yeah there was some haze yesterday it started and then
1: today it's wild it's just like it's and the smell it's like it's you know it's 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 not a pleasant smell it's it's kind of like that burning plastic smell almost but um Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) taking the garbage out with my mask on to protect against the pandemic in the middle of a heat wave because it's 110 degrees and then the sun's pink. It's like, oh, triple apocalypse. This is is great. It's awesome.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, my roommate's brother um, is going to, I think, come in and and stay with us. Uh, I'm just going to pretty much buy a futon and clear out the the table that's in the middle of a of a sitting room. And yeah, it's it's like of of course you can stay with us, man.
2: No like no worries. Yeah, Cam out in our buddy Cam out in Oregon, uh, he told me that he I don't know if he still has it, but they had like bags packed, ready to go at a moment's notice. Cause they were on the edge of the evac zone. And I'm like, all right, do you have my workshops packed with you? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the bleeding heart of <laughs> do you have a, do we have a plan for my workshops? dude? <laughs> because let, of course it would, of course it would come to pass that 2020 would find a way to kill my workshops that I left with him for safekeeping.
1: Yeah. you're like, yeah, So I, I, I go out on <laughs> reconnaissance missions whenever there's a fire kind of nearby and I just like drive. Cause I mean, like they're just all over the place. Like there was someone that like caused a fire the other day because he had a trailer that like came unhitched and it like set a whole mountain on fire or something. So um, like two weeks ago, I just took a 20 minute ride up because the map on the website had a gigantic red polygon that was like 15 minutes away. I'm like, this seems important. Went there. Apparently a giant red polygon on the map does not mean it's on fire, which is good. But I saw the, I I saw the huge, you know, fixed wing plane flying over with, with water in it and all that smoke. It's, you know, it's, it's like right there, you look out and it's right over the mountains. So it's here. And this is, this is normal now.
0: My heart breaks because, like you know, you got out of Chicago to sort of escape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just so cruel, and yeah, obviously, our heart goes out to our you know our brothers and sisters, our sister clubs, beasts of the bay, and the and the oh, yeah, SoCal deep so spawners, the trolls, and and everyone everyone along the coast. I mean, we're all you know, we are all clubs. We're all, you know, together in this. So, I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I just, I, it's, I hardly even
2: know what to say. When uh, Tyler like, do you have like any plans to come back to the Midwest anytime soon? Or are you basically just hunkered down for indefinite time?
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, there's any, um, you'd have to drive, have right? Meeting. I have a hard time maintaining hope anymore for things and like planning anything further <laughs> yeah, than like a week out. It feels yeah. kind of futile. So I'm I'm pretty much resigned to just being here indefinitely because like we we've totally fucked our our leadership's completely fucked the pandemic over. You know, like other countries are out of it and we're. I, I don't think it's going to be over here in the states until mid 2021 at the earliest. Yeah, I think so at the so soonest. Like alone, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty bearish on that too. Like there's nothing that nothing happened this summer that led me to believe that next summer will be any different than this summer. And that's kind of a pessimistic viewpoint. Um, but. Oh, that's a shame
0: because I have a side bet going with danny (laughs) i i definitely took the under he took the over yeah yeah it's just a
3: question of the vaccine i think is like like we're not gonna fix the problem. like as a society we're not gonna fix the problem probably but if a a vaccine can get widely distributed then maybe yeah i mean a
2: it has to be developed b it has to be manufactured c it has to be distributed and d enough people have to have it so like, yeah, that's none that's of that's going to cool. happen soon.
1: He's the worst one because <laughs> yeah. there's enough people that don't believe in science right now that yeah. think, you know,
2: well, even under, even under the more optimistic scenarios, it's just going to take a long time to do all those things. Like it's, it's going to take forever to manufacture hundred, literally hundreds of millions of doses of this.
1: Yep, so I'm, I'm here for the long haul. So I want to come out. we got a place to crash. Yeah, man. Quarantine for a few weeks because I don't want to get the Rona.
2: <laughs> Pre-quarantine,
1: <laughs> debt, dat Rona.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, before we we send everybody off, the uh, the last order of business in the in the chat is about it's about tunage. Oh, it's yeah. It's about rocking out.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: so man. Um, there's Moss. Have you been? Uh, collecting records? Have you still been purchasing the vinyl? Because my roommate with the record player moved out and I had all these vinyl plans, but I sort of put them on hold because I need to reallocate those resources to actually getting myself. To yeah, it's, speakers.
2: yeah. It's been kind of a crap shoot buying LPs online. And that is about every third one I get comes damaged. So I just have to return it. And that's just because, Chicago, our illustrious Chicago USPS is like skeet shooting with my packaging or whatever. But you know, it'll come like the the LP package will just have a big you know crease, you know. And I'm like, well, and like I pulled one out and it was like the packaging was all jacked up. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not even gonna. It was sealed, shrink wrapped. You know the 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 LP was. I'm like, dude, I just sent the guy a picture. I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? I'm not even gonna open it. You know, he's like, he just gave me a refund. But so, yeah, no, I have been buying some LPs. Um, Yes. Still spinning that wax, dude. It's uh, just like I'm really into Siggy's on, um, on uh, magic cards Uh, on, on the wax side. I also like the little customization. I like, I'm really big into colored wax these days. So like, you know, translucent, uh, not, I'm not big into the picture discs, I don't really care for those, but I like just, you know, mm. multicolor or translucent or, you know, just swirly design or, or whatever, stuff like that.
0: Okay. Well let's go out let's go out from the from the bottom to the top, just generally what you've been been listening to. So in my screen, that's that's Lorien, what you've been what you've been spinning.
3: Ooh, recently. So the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Boston's first album. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah. Which, like, I'll say Boston isn't my favorite band by any means, but like when I realized how many fucking hits they had, oh, yeah. or dude. he had, it was one dude
2: yeah. Tom Schultz. working
3: in a fucking garage, just like this mad scientist indie dude, made a whole fucking album with like almost every song is a hit, right even had a song about being a rock star before he was a rock star just like knew that shit was in the cards yeah i uh i picked that up for a couple bucks on discogs the uh sleeve is like water damaged it's it's just like barely held together the disc itself is in or the record itself is in perfect condition
2: Uh, i've been spinning that that's a that's a monster pick man more than a feeling
0: yeah What a, what a great pick. That's like, uh, you know, it's like when you listen to the Joshua tree, it's like, you know, think what you may about you too. That album is
2: literally just
0: banger after banger after banger after banger. And yeah. Side a of that
2: side A is like all greatest hits for uh, for that one. And then like side two is excellent as well. Yeah. It's just absurd.
0: Okay. Edders, uh, give us a, give us a little taste.
1: All right. So I've been I've been working really hard to break out of the uh the algorithm bubbles that I've found myself trapped inside. Mm-hmm. Um and it's you know, I I, I listen to a lot, I, I stream a lot, and I stream like all day, and I'm I try to adventure as much as I can. And like I read this horrible, mortifying statistic that said something like, you know. Your 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 musical tastes are pretty much solidified by the time you're 20 and you never like listen to anything else oh, after that's that. So depressing. Like, like, I don't yeah, believe you know. That. So like I'm I've like actively tried to like grow and branch out. <clears throat> and I've actively tried to get out of like America and like Western music <clears throat> and stuff like that. So I found this band like two weeks ago. Check this out. Okay. dark wave, Goth from <laughs> turkey so it's called the, the, the band is called she passed away and it's it's a it's a duo and they're just totally gothed out you know they've got like the, the makeup and like you know dressed all in black and it's like synth wave and it's just like these driving incredible melodic gloomy but like uplifting but like danceable <laughs> songs and then like j- just when you think it can't get better the vocals come in, and it's just like this guy, like mumbling in like monotone Turkish, but it's like the grooviest thing ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just can't sick. stop listening to it. It's called "She Passed Away," uh, and my favorite song. It's uh casvelti Kutlama," hmm. and they have songs called like "Rah which <clears throat> <assimilation, rituel." laughs> Uh It's it's been so delightful. So I've I've successfully like. Escaped like the the English bubble, and now I'm getting all these other weird, you know, recommendations. Are they
2: are they singing in Turkish or, or Farsi? I, I, no, excellent, yeah. that's even better. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you're <laughs> in. Da-
1: I, I haven't looked up the lyrics, but you know exactly what he's singing about.
2: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. The themes yeah. are forever. Yeah, it's <laughs> universal, dude. What about you, Bus? I've been going through a big Phil Collins phase. Um, oh, my
0: man, <laughs> dude! I've got, I've got a Brand
2: X album just right there on my on my display shelf. Uh, no, I've been spinning uh, Face Value and No Jacket Required. So um, good, yeah. Any any record with a huge close up of Phil Collins's face on the yeah. jacket? Excellent pick.
0: Have you seen how the re-releases are also his, like,
2: old-ass face? Yes, that's excellent, yeah. (laughs) Um, I was also spinning.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, Sage, my wife, has been (laughs) on a huge uh, Phil Collins kick lately too, but she's also been on a Peter Gabriel kick. I've oh. um, intentionally been pissing her off by switching their names, whatever she's listening to it. I'm like, Oh, Phil Collins. I love this. She's like, this is Peter Gabriel. I was like, yeah. no, it's not. It. <laughs> so I could
0: yeah, talk yeah. for hours about Peter Gabriel's solo albums. I think they're so
2: brilliant, but yeah. My. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, I've been spinning that I've been spinning. Um, I picked up a used copy of, uh, of, uh, Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair, which Brandon. is an excellent record. And I ended up trading that to Brandon Sanders for those Sarah Angels, those goth slasher girls, Sarah Angels. Which um, is
0: awesome. <laughs> truly yeah. next level when you're trading different types of media for yeah. magic cards. For, I mean, that's for when-
2: altered magic cards, yeah. Oh, yeah hundred um and then the my the last thing I've been listening to obsessively like once or twice every day is uh it's called Zelda and chill it is a it <laughs> is a uh synthy um synth-y kind of uh, interpretation of music from the Zelda Legend of Zelda franchise uh very bite-sized tracks like usually like two three four minutes uh very cool it's like the kind of thing you could put on and then work on a document or work on emails you know just jam it out you know for an hour or so lines. exactly yep and what about you there big doug so the most recent
0: uh record i picked up is the new phoebe bridgers album which is amazing she's like you know she's like the female bob dylan just an insane songwriter like one of the biggest talents of today, I think. Um, But Mullen's girlfriend, Alex, also got me into some gothy shit, dude. Um, It's this band called Boy Harsher. Boy Harsher? Boy Harsher. Another duo, also just kind of like synthy, dark wave, like gothy shit. I'm so fucking into it. It's all I've been listening to. I'm
1: stoked to hear that.
0: This entire week. Yeah, Boy Space
2: Harsher. So fucking good. Yeah, this is a good segment. We should probably revisit this in the future. We should,
0: dude. That's. We should maybe we should have more segments.
2: But yeah, this this is
0: this is a total banger. It makes me excited. Zelda and chill. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. No, yeah, the physical media. Holy
3: shit.
2: <clears throat> well, they didn't. The uh the LP was sold out. <clears throat> Excuse me. The LP was sold out on their Bandcamp page, and I and it was like. You know, somebody bought it all on spec and it was like super high priced. So I just got a CD from them, but yeah, it's sick.
0: Yeah, Moss has not stopped buying CDs if, in case anyone is curious about <laughs> I'm it.
2: Not, I'm the dude. I'm the last
0: one. <laughs> if, let's just say, if you can sell it to Moss, he'll probably buy yeah. it.
2: <laughs> no, the, the, uh, I don't get that many anymore. I've actually divested myself of uh, most of my CDs, but
1: I probably <laughs> I get- Look behind you and can count like 400 and you're
2: Oh yeah. yeah, there's like 800 behind me. But <laughs> there are those moments though. It's like you're going
0: on the road. Trip, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and whoever you're going with has a total beater car, and they go, Ah, oh, yeah, man, like, sorry, my ox oh, cord reminder. is all fucked up. And you go, It's all good, dude. I have a case the of CD. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah, we,
2: laughs> oh, you got the booklet. We've yeah. done that on some of our trips and, and pile into my wagon. We, we 100% have. I mean, it's great. Yeah. We
0: get to play the music we want, make Mullen miserable. It's yeah. like, it's worth the price of admission just for that. Okay, cool. That uh, that about wraps it up, right?
2: What is this, uh, Carter, you put a thing here. What's in Tyler's music project? Oh. I'll bite on this. What is this? Oh, well. Tyler, you
0: you can explain as much about this as you want. I finally got around to watching the stream of it. Oh, and it's, oh and now it's I know insane. what it is. Yeah,
2: yeah. So okay.
0: so adders, let, let the people know as much as they need to
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know all right. So super high level overview. My 2020 sanity project measures have been going deep into programming music tools for other people to use and to make music with. So um, I made this program called Arcologies, which lets you make two-dimensional interactive soundscapes. So it uses hardware, um, uses one of these things. So this is a monom grid. It's just like, it's, it's just a dumb piece of metal with buttons on it that light up. But what's cool about it is you can program it to do anything you want. So I've kind of made this like... Dwarf Fortress Tower Defense music sequencer thing where you can put notes and samples and sequences and program all these rhythms in it. So it's been really fun. Um I just released it a few weeks ago and a bunch of people have downloaded it and been making music with it. And it's been uh just really gratifying because I've I've been doing all these streaming about it and you know, making music with it and people are sharing the music they're making with it. And it's just been a really positive experience. So um, this weekend I'm giving a talk for baby castles, which is a New York, um, like collective, I'm talking about like the artistic process behind it. So I've just been like streaming and making all this content about it. And it's been a, it's been a really good experience for me. Yeah. I, yeah. I,
2: I read that blog. Uh, somebody did like a, a blog post review of the, of the program and it, it yeah. was very favorable review. It was press well earned, man. Good job.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was on CDM. I, I, I didn't even know that was coming out. My friend just texted me. He's like, dude, CDM what? I was like, what? They sent me a link. And I just like called him and screamed and hung up because I like <laughs> kind of, a. I don't know. It, it's just like, I've never, I, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, I made this for me and like other people just like picked up on it and it's been, it's been really cool. Um,
2: and, so, and yeah. you did a, you did a watercolor or right? A watercolor yeah, print thing I've, I've for that too?
1: I've, I've got watercolors that go with each of like the the DLCs. So like there's the main release. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like completely influenced by magic. Like the whole, the whole program is like modular. So there's all these different structures that like interact with each other differently. And then I've got like each different DLC, quote unquote, has a different watercolor and a name that goes with it. So there's the original release, which had a you know painting. Then there was Eternal September, which was like the second, you know, it's kind of like the Arabian Nights of the thing. And then there's Crypts, which is like a separate sample pack. So all this, all this junk that I've learned about magic kind of like got lodged in my artist's brain, and it's like manifested
0: mm-hmm. as
1: like this modular music system.
0: Yeah, so cool. Once again, Arcologies. Check it out. The shit's a big fucking deal. Okay, cool, sweet. Well, I gotta wake up at five tomorrow. So yeah, let's put a put a fork in it, man. Let's uh, let's stick one in there, guys. It's been a fucking pleasure chatting with you. Wish it could be around Minor Moss's table, but yep.
2: we make do for It'll now. Happen. We will Twenty twenty two, baby. Twenty <laughs> two. 2069
1: body
2: <laughs> yeah alright boys have a good night I'm gonna hit the stop button be safe be well alright sure. peace